everybody, welcome back to the Lash Tribe show. My name is Julia Main and I'm the owner and founder of Lash Tribe. We help create successful and fully booked lash artists all over the world with the help of our online and in-person training programs as well as our business courses. Today's episode, I am talking to Trish Van Junen, owner and founder of Black Cat Lashes. Black Cat Lashes is based in Canada and is a very, very successful lash brand that a lot of you guys probably already know worldwide. She also have has a uh, functioning salon, well, up until the coronavirus hit, of course, with quite a few staff. So we are diving deep into how this has all affected her business, certain tips that she gives other business owners at the moment and the type of support that she offers everybody. Here is the worst it is worse than COVID. So do I know if I'm gonna have a business, um, like my studio, my lash bar after? I don't know, nothing is 100%. People are like, you're not worried. And I'm like, no, man, this is, people, if they're broke, they still wanna look beautiful. <laughs> I traveled the next day, I went to Edmonton, five hours there, five hours back, got an MRI, had the results the next day, and they said, we think you have MS. Trish is also extremely inspiring because she has been going through one of the worst times in her life, being quite ill and we will talk about that in the episode today as well but I find that this episode really is about helping to uplift those that think they are in the worst case scenario because it's everything has so much to do with mindset and how we are reacting to a situation that we cannot change and this is what we are talking about in this podcast and because Trish is going through such a rough time in her life for her to be so upbeat and empowering is just so fascinating and inspiring to me and so i can't wait for you to hear this episode so let's dive right into it hi how are you doing good how are you Good, just trying to remain sane, you know, through all this. Yeah, so I, so it's kind of crazy because I have some, I have some crazy stuff going on. So mm -hmm. I own Black Cat Lashes, which is mainly an online store. So um, we sell a lot of lashes, adhesives, tweezers, stuff like that. Uh, we also do a lot of education. So obviously with the coronavirus coming up, all of our, you know, our upcoming trainings are canceled, stuff like that, which is it's kind of crazy, but again, um, temporary, right? Um, but I also own, um, I own a lash bar, I guess, or a lash studio called The Studio, and it's right downtown, and um, that got hit really, really hard. So we're actually, so it's kind of crazy, because I left, I think, on March the 2nd, I left to go to Mexico um, to do a conference down there, stopped in at Fiji and I was supposed to go on to Australia. They threatened the borders getting closed down. So I literally, I had to leave um, that morning. And then I found out that it had to be canceled anyway. So, um, you know, that the big lash open with Mimi, I feel so awful for her. She, you know, planned this giant extravagant thing. And anyway, it got canceled. And so I came back home and immediately went into isolation because I was traveling, right? So yeah. you can't really you're not supposed to see anybody. So my husband was obviously in isolation with me as well. Um, and this is kind of before, I think this was like March 16th. So people were still kind of on that fence about, 
whether they should still be working or not, or, you know, should we be shutting down or not? And, um, and we ended up shutting down, I think, March 18th. So all the girls that work at our studio, unfortunately, um, they basically were like, we're out, we have to self-isolate. And we basically shut down the studio altogether, which is really scary. And, you know, I am a lash artist. I'm a working lash artist as well. So I travel, I teach, I train, but I also work, I have a full clientele. So, yeah. yeah so, um, so for me, you know, I was like, oh, I can't work for two weeks because I'm, I was traveling. I'll just give my clients to someone else, you know, and then nope. <laughs> and I think, I think it's kind of a shock for all of us. All of us kind of went, whoa, what, what do you mean we can't work? We're, we're like the clean, lash artists are like the cleanest people on the planet, man. We're like disinfecting the beds. I already wear a mask and goggles. Um, yeah. Exactly. And sometimes gloves when I lash already. So yeah. I was like, you know, we'll be fine. And then, um, so it, it was tough. A lot of the girls were afraid and they, they didn't want to work and we would never make our girls work. And I think um, when we finally shot down, we were like, okay, maybe it's going to be a couple weeks to a month. And now we're like, uh-oh, it could be two months. They're saying maybe at the end of May. Yeah, um, they're not sure over yet either. It's all a bit up in the air yet. I think some people say two or three months and some people on the TV say six months. I think we, we have to prepare for a longer, you know, <laughs> definitely longer than shorter. I think this, this thing, I think we're playing the long game with this. It's not going to be, you know, ooh, next month, April, you know, because all of us thought maybe, you know, mid-April, even Trump thought mid-April. Huh. And no. that's, <laughs> nope. <laughs> what are you doing now with your staff? What did you tell them? What, what do you do as a business? Because you obviously have your functioning um, lash bar that you have, but then yes. also the online store, and I'm assuming you have a few employees. What are, what are you doing with these now? What, is the, what are the, I guess, rules or regulations about that and the support that they can get during that time? Right. So we basically um, laid them, we basically laid them off um, so that they could get unemployment insurance, sure. right? So we given them um, ROEs, so, you know, last payment. And we're hoping to God that they come back to us. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in the same business where we've trained these girls. We've put time and money into them. Mm. And now we're giving her an, RO, an ROE and saying, okay, your contract is broken. See you later. You know, like, so yeah. it is scary for those of us who have, um, you know, existing contracts. And of course you, you know, these girls are like my family. They are like my daughters. I absolutely love them. I'm good friends with all of them. Um, it was really sad. I think that was probably the hardest part about the business. And I think adding up to everything, I feel like, um, you know, we made sure that all the girls were paid. Um, we just paid everybody out a few days ago. And that was the last of the last. I mean, we didn't have money to even pay our rent because we haven't been working for a long time. And some of our girls haven't been working for weeks. So yeah. even though we technically shut down on the 18th, some of the girls haven't been working for, for weeks. So, um, you know, the studio, our cute little studio, you know, honestly, did we make rent this month? No, we didn't. Um, are most people making rent this month? No. Our girls that are our girls that actually rent. So we have four rental rooms out of the studio as well for other lash artists, estheticians, stuff like that, that do their own services. And um, we basically told them like, if you can't make rent, we're, we're fine with that because neither can we. 
Like that's, you know, that's how it comes down to, we're all in the service industry. We all understand the, our landlord um, is being pretty gracious with us and saying like, we would like you to pay rent, but, and I'm like, but what can you do? If you can't do it, you can't do it. And that's, you know, that's kind of what it comes down to is that we're, I mean, 95% of us are in the same boat. And over the next few months, we're not going to be able to pay rent or mortgages or car payments. I mean, that's, unfortunately, that's, you know, it, it sounds a little bit, um, you know, negative, but it's, it's true. And I think that, you know, I kind of came to terms with it um, a little bit earlier on. I feel like, um, and you're probably the same way, Julia, you probably have a lot of close ties in China. Our manufacturing, um, our facility, our manufacturing facility is actually in China. So we've actually been shut down since January, pretty much. I want to talk about something a bit more upbeat because, yes. I mean, everything is about coronavirus at the moment. But what are some things that you are currently working on, even if it's still just in your mind, on planning like a comeback, something that you can share with other people? Oh, heck like yeah. Some strategies you might have come up with. Yeah. So there's a few things. So um, one of my girls, she's a single mom. She has two beautiful boys. They are under the age of five <laughs> and she's doing it all by herself. And um, she's very creative and actually she's allergic to the glue. So she actually wears strip lashes mm -hmm. and she designs these crazy strip lashes. So we're actually in the business right now of, uh, we just got um, our, you know, the little glues coming in. Anybody could do this really. Any lash artist could do this for the customer. So um, there's a couple things that we're planning. So we basically, we want our clients to send us pictures of their faces and we have those strip lashes and Amber is basically going to be styling them per the customer. And so we, we, you know, we give them a bottle of glue, their container, their own customized strip lashes. So they're all tailor-made. So when they can't actually get their lashes done, they're still going to be done by a lash artist and custom, custom made. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that all lash artists can do that for the customers. I, I feel like that's, you know, number one, and they don't, they never even have to touch the customer or anything. They can ship them out. And so um, if they want help with that, they can definitely let me know. I feel like that's, that's pretty easy peasy. The other thing that we're trying to do right now, um, which is kind of risky, which is, what I'm kind of thinking about is actually selling uh, removal packets for clients and doing a how-to video. The other thing is too, I do believe when, you know, if you look at any Great Depression or any, you know, downturn in economy, what you're basically looking at is beauty is still great. We still thrive. The beauty industry, no matter what, no matter what recession, no matter anything, the beauty industry does really, really well. And so people are like, you're not worried. And I'm like, no, man, this is people, if they're broke, they still want to look beautiful. <laughs> and so, um, I think that, you know, when we are able to work again, I feel like we're going to be busier than ever. I feel like people are already, um, really missing us and they're really feeling, um, the, they are feeling the, you know, the pain without us they're really appreciating us, appreciating us more than they, I feel, ever have. Do you think that's and going to be a shift, though? In I had a conversation with Jill, um, and I think we'll all agree that people will come back, but do you think that you'll be, or we'll be seeing a shift in smaller salons and salons that were re really, really busy already and fully booked? And yes and no. we are staying in contact with our customers 
even while yes. we don't see them. Yeah. So I, I do believe there's a big shift coming, a huge shift coming. Um, and this is kind of from my own point of view. And I've always been number one about customer, like whatever customers in front of you, they're their own person and you're going to treat them, you know, differently from the next person. Yeah. So even in our lash bar, we were very much, I never had time limits on the girls. The girls spent as long as they needed to with the girls. We were never like, you know, if I'm like, okay, Amber takes, you know, two hours for a full set yet Renee takes three, you know, that's fine with me. I'm like, as long as every lash is done, the customer is happy, you know, and we're, we're all about fostering relationships with the customer or with the client. And I think that's going to be huge. I don't feel like we are actually going to lose a lot of customers to other people because of that. And I feel like these big, like chain, you know, these big chain, um, who, who are, you know, their customers come in, it's like, okay, lay on the bed, lash them next, lay on the bed, lash them next. I feel like there's going to be a shift of this, these people that they're going to be seeking out services that actually have a lot of value for the money. Relationships so, are going to be so important. And also yeah. if you are a salon and you are not really up to scratch with all of the disinfection, sanitation, you're not wearing your mask after this, people will go, like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to the other salon that does so, all of that. But you've done that before. Exactly. So I feel like this is like the big shift that's coming. I feel like all of those crappy little backdoor lash artists, mm -hmm. like, I'm sorry, if they're listening right now, they're probably um, don't. They want, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably not, probably but, right. um, they're, they're the ones that literally are just in it for the money. And, and there's, you know, lashing is lucrative, right? Like you, you can be honest about it and say, yes, I, I like making money from lashes. That's great. But there are some people that have no passion behind it yep. and their work really sucks. Everything sucks. You know, if you do have passion for lashes, you are going to spend that little extra time making sure there's no stickies. You're going to spend that time making sure you're well-educated. You're going to invest in your career. You're going to do all this stuff. The people that haven't been doing that, they're screwed already because I can tell you that their clients, they're not going to come back to them. And the lash artists that are doing that, they've already cut and run from the industry probably two weeks ago. They're already out of it. They're already like, I can't make money from this you know, their heart's not in it to wait for it. I feel like this is going to wean out the people that don't belong in our industry. It's going to be a new awakening. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. How did you actually get started in lashing? What did you do beforehand? And what was the shift where one day you said, oh, <laughs> lashes, this is, that's the thing. So, so I worked as a, uh, a veterinary technician for years and years and years. I've always worked on and off in the animal industry since I was uh, 13. And now I'm 41. So that gives you like years, decades. And I've worn lashes actually for almost 10 years now. I've had lashes on. It's a big deal. So where I live, so I live in Northern Alberta. Bigger is always better here. It's kind of like, we call ourselves the, the Texas of Canada because, <laughs> <laughs> because like, bigger is better. And, and women always want lashes. And of course I've yeah. had some pretty, pretty awful lashes, but I've had some good lashes too. And even when I was a vet tech, I would do everything I could to afford those lashes because when you're calving at 2.30 in the morning, you wake up and you still look okay. You don't look like you've literally been hanging out in a dumpster, you know? So I loved them. I loved the lashes. I absolutely loved looking good no matter what. And um, I ended up going out on a horse call probably about five years ago. I went on a horse call and I ended up um, wrangling with a horse that took out my shoulder. And you guys know as a vet tech, 
as heavy lifting, that's a lot of heavy, you need both arms. It totally um, devastated my shoulder completely. So I actually can lift about five, 10 pounds with this arm now. Um, obviously not conducive to a vet tech career. And, and I went, what can I do that I'm really going to like? What can I do? And I know how I feel when I get lashes done. I feel like the queen of the world. And so I'm like, you know what? This actually makes a lot of sense. I can do it from home. Um, I can make a lot of money doing it. And I can make my own hours. And I don't need a fully functioning um, shoulder to actually do it. Like, it's not heavy lifting. Yeah. And so, and so I started doing it. And I legit, I became obsessed. I think within three months, I was already doing volume, mega volume. I was already like... You were one it, of them. It, everything they could. Got, yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. It, and I literally watched every YouTube video. I did every course I possibly could. I was just nuts. And then of course, um, you know, about five years ago, mega volume hit the scene and I became obsessed with it. But at, at the same time though, and this kind of links in with the whole pandemic thing that's going on right now. I don't know, like this was, uh, when was this? So this was at the same time that the economy in Alberta was actually, um, taking a nosedive. Mm. So um, you know, my husband got laid off about three different times. It was, you know, and I went, not a problem. I do lashes and I was still busy. I was still making a, a lot of money. Um, you know, women were coming in, you know, and I did a lot of girls that had lost their job because they were in the oil field. They had lost their job. And I said, you know what, you guys have paid me so much money. Cause I was, I was charging top dollar, you know, five years ago. Can I for ask this you stuff. a question about that? What do you think you did differently to other salons that you were so busy and you were able to charge so much money? Um, it's client. It's basically customer care. Um, number one to me, even to this very day, even with my customers that I've never even met online that buy lashes for me, um, I want them to have what their best possible service or their best possible outcome. I want them if they think my lashes are here, I want the, my lashes to be here, right? So I would literally spend all of the time that I would need to spend with them, A, in their consultation to make sure that they are getting exactly what they want. So what I think I, I can put on them and what they want and kind of finding that really good happy medium. Um, and two, I would literally spend four hours if I had to getting every single lash. So my lashes were looking amazing at, you know, three, four weeks and other people were just half-assing it and their lashes would look like crap after a week or two, you know? So people really understood value and I never cut my prices. I never had specials or sales on my stuff. Never, not once. I literally learned how to do lashes in San Francisco um, from Borbuleta. I came home, cleaned out the back of my holiday trailer and I was charging a hundred dollars the next day, $100 for a full set of classics. And I had four clients booked in. Boom, 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 boom. I never discounted my services. Because I never, I, you know, and I look back and I'm like, oh, I can't. <laughs> Ooh, I was new. You know, and inexperienced. <laughs> but I was still, I was hustling. And I, and I knew that I was doing a good job. So I wasn't going to give people a, a sale or a break or, you know, there was none of that. So you were like in this home studio and then <laughs> how did you start to shift to like a storefront plus now having one of the most well-known brands in the world 
How does that? Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was kind of crazy. So I actually told myself two things when I started lashing. Um, you know, I still actually remember my original teacher that taught me. Her name is Kelly Ray. Uh, she's phenomenal. This gorgeous woman from Borbuleta. Um, she was so passionate about teaching and she taught 13 of us in our class, which is crazy. And I remember going, if I ever get big in the lashes, I am never teaching and I'm never doing my own brand. I actually said that. <laughs> I just said that. And I actually, I did about a year of coaching before I even, um, before I even started actually technically like certifying people and, and teaching them. Uh, because I never, I felt brand new and I still feel new in the industry. Um, but these people were coming to me and they were amazing. They were passionate. Um, one of my first students, her name is actually um, April Nash. And she owns Lengthway Studios and she's actually here in Grand Prairie, um, Alberta. She's phenomenal. And I remember just meeting her and she goes, Trish, I need your help. Um, she wasn't taught very well, and, but she was amazing. Her direction was amazing. Her passion was amazing. There was so much about her. And she's like, I want you to teach me. And I'm like, I don't know how to teach you. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God. But you know, but come in and I'm going to teach you everything that I know. And I was back then I was charging about $800 a day. And I'm like, that seems fair. You pay me $800 a day, which, you know, I think this is probably about four years ago now. That was a lot to me. You know, that was a lot. <laughs> so, and it still is. But um, I taught her everything I knew. And holy Hannah, her lash business took off. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And she actually, I feel like any good lash artist is good for all of us. And I learned that pretty early on. And, and you know, my, my original mentor turned out to be, um, she's huge now and, and whatever, but she didn't like to actually see people do better than her, which I kind of noticed. And I went, yeah. I'm not going to be like, like that. I had one of those. Mentors. Yes. Right. And just, I just wanted to, you know, see these girls do amazing and do the best that they could. And so I got onto teaching it and it became like, every time I would teach somebody, and that student would be amazing. It was like a high for me. Mm -hmm. Like that became like a, a thing for me and it's, it still does. Um, and teaching is exhausting, you know, like teaching is like, it's exhausting, but it's like, it's such like a heart, it's, it's heart work for sure. And honestly, at the time there was for about five, four years ago, there was only one person on this continent or one company selling mega volume at the time and they were out of the States. And um, I didn't love their customer service and I didn't love the products so much. Um, and it was really hard to get into Canada. It was always three to four weeks before I would get a shipment. And I'm like, what the heck? So I started actually, I actually started um, looking into the process of making mega volumes because at the time there was nobody really making mega it wasn't like you know now everybody sells mega volumes it's fine back then it was like such weird shady stuff going on we had and then of course we had there was lots of problems with that too i know everyone wants to start their own brand and everything and there's a lot of there's a lot of hiccups with that too i mean like what was it um two years or two summers ago we actually lost about a quarter of a million dollars in stock because wow. Yeah, one of the ovens decided to go kaput. A lot of our lashes were going straight. And, you know, we have integrity, so we're not going to sell those. But, um, but, you know, stuff does happen as a business owner. 
It really does happen. I mean, you know, it does happen. Look at it yeah. now. Now we are here with hundreds of thousands or even a million dollars worth of stock. And exactly. it's not moving. So think about it very hard before we want to become a supplier. <laughs> I think, but I, I think the entrepreneur brain is, is a very specific and very special brain. Like when I first started, uh, did my research, did everything, and literally was in the economic downturn that I decided to start selling lashes. My husband had just been laid off. My father was here um, helping us with the house. So we've, we've basically, we bought this old farmhouse a few years, like probably about over a decade now. And we've been renovating. My dad comes up and helps us. My dad, I am my dad thick and thin through and through. We are both entrepreneurs. My dad's a risk taker. And so am I. And so, so anyway, I spent the whole night making this very precise list of lashes that I thought I could sell. And I think, honestly, I can tell you the exact dollar amount. Yeah. $2,374.26. <laughs> and that was every last dime I had on my credit card at the time to buy these lashes. And I mean, it sounds, it, it was everything to me. I'd never spent two grand on anything in my life, you know? And uh, I remember coming downstairs and my dad, I met him out back on the patio, it was summer. And uh, he just took one look at my face and he's like, you did, did, you did it, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. And he goes, kid, no guts, no glory. Like, that's what he said that's to me. Good. I love it. Oh, great job. Yeah. And my husband, my husband found out and he's, he didn't talk to me for two weeks. My husband was so mad. He didn't talk to me for two weeks. I'm and be glad that you did. Exactly. So he actually, he actually owns, um, 50% of my business. Um, I actually, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but I became really, really sick a couple of years ago. It's such a great story right now in this time as well, because it is so inspirational and it shows you that no matter what you're going through, the mindset is what we have to just really, really work on. And yeah, just tell us a little bit about it. I had MS and probably almost probably over eight years ago now, I started getting weird symptoms. And of course, I live in a very northern zone. The doctors here aren't that great. Um, it's very hard to get a diagnosis. I was just told I was stressed and depressed. And, um, and of course, MS flares with stress. And of course, I was traveling all over the world at the time. My business was blowing up. I was making more money than I had ever even thought was possible at the time. And, um, you know, I was away from my husband for long periods of time and he was super busy too. Like he was just trying to, you know, get his own thing going. And I had a group of girls that I was mentoring. Um, my brand ambassadors, like those are my mentor girls. So, um, and then, you know, traveling around the world and all of a sudden I was, um, I was having major seizures, seizures. I was falling down. Um, my left pupil stopped working for a little bit. Um, I would get so fatigued. I could literally not even lift my legs. Um, I couldn't remember anything. I lost 25 pounds in a matter of about six months. Um, I was eating about 4,000 calories a day and could not gain weight, which I'm Dutch. <laughs> we gain weight really, really easily. So to lose weight, eating that much was really scary. Um, and then Actually, it's crazy because the doctor that saw me for my shoulder is her, my first time seeing her and she was amazing with it. And I came to her and I'm like, I think that I'm really, really sick. And they did a bunch of blood work and they're like, well, it's not lupus. It's not, you know, it's, you know, we don't know what it is. It's rheumatoid arthritis. Maybe uh, we don't know. And then I had a bunch of MRIs done. So I had a bunch of brain scans done 
and they kept saying, no, you're fine. You're fine. Mm -hmm. And my friend, the doctor had went on maternity leave and came back and I had seen her for a Botox appointment because she was getting into aesthetics and I had fallen asleep in her chair while I was getting needles stuck in my forehead because I was so tired. And if you know me, I'm a high energy kind of a person. <laughs> I used to hike every day. I used to do all the stuff, fossil find the whole bit. And then all of a sudden I was sleeping literally at stoplights. I would sleep. And, um, for me, I know that that's wrong. And you know, the doctors were like, you're stressed and depressed. It's no problem. You, you have this business and you're just stressed out. And in the back of my mind, I knew that something was wrong, but I really wanted to believe them. And so I'd seen her, I saw her and she was poking and I was falling asleep and she's like, there's something really wrong. And I said, well, you know, they did MRIs and they kept saying nothing's wrong. So nothing's wrong. And she pulled up my MRIs and she goes, what the heck is that? There was literally this thing about the size of a ping pong ball, um, like a lesion thing in the back of my head. She's like, they didn't say anything about it. So I was misdiagnosed three times by what? the radiologist. Yeah, by the radiologist up here. And she goes, you need to see a neurologist right now. I traveled the next day. I went to Edmonton, five hours there, five hours back, got an MRI, had the results the next day. And they said, we think you have MS. Mm. We're pretty sure we're going to send you to a neurologist. They're going to do some more scans and make sure. And sure enough, it turned out. Um, and by, I think this was last November, like not the November that just passed, but the, the one before. Yeah. And I went, well, that makes sense. I wasn't crushed by it. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily upsetting to me because I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. There is something wrong. Thank God. It was scary. I feel like, you know, having MS has made me definitely a calmer person. <laughs> I definitely don't stress out about a lot of the stuff that other people do. Um, if I wake up and I'm able to walk, I think that's a really good day. So now I'm like, you, you definitely, when you're sick, you definitely have to give up these weird expectations and these weird things that you just you're just like i mean i could try to do it but i'm going to be sick for weeks after so may as well not so if, if i run on the treadmill it's literally i am fatigued for a week or two after and i'm like i'm just going to drink some wine instead <laughs> hopefully it gets better how do you but, keep this like positive like it's perspective right it puts yeah. everything your entire life and everything that is going around you you watching other people react to little things it just puts everything yeah. into perspective right and yeah what's it's, happening it's, now with the virus like just stay home just be happy that you are alive and you're not like ill and right and i think i think that that has helped me keep saying like um a lot of people are like how are you okay mm. and this is the thing is that you definitely get perspective when you're that sick. You, you definitely get a perspective of, I feel okay today. I'm with my family. My family is happy and healthy. Um, we are from up North. So we are kind of hoarders anyway and preppers because I don't know if you can see this in the back of me, that's snow out of oh, my patio. Wow. Oh, I miss the snow. <laughs> so we have to be prepared to be snowed in for a long time. So yeah, I know how to, I know how to can things. We, we have two big, huge freezers full of meat. We, um, you know, we have our own inside gardens. We, we do a lot of that stuff ourselves. So, um, that makes me feel safe. And I think that number one, if people are panicking, um, I tell, that's the biggest thing that I tell them is to feel prepared. So 
if you're feeling out of sorts, if you're feeling panicked, buy what you need, get some canned goods, make sure your house is in order so that you actually feel a little bit safer. I feel like that was probably one of my biggest things that I, I felt okay about. And people were like, you know, do I know if I'm going to have a business um, like my studio, my lash bar after? I don't know. Nothing is 100%. But you also have to be okay with that. Yeah. You have to plan for, okay, like what if, what if I come back and none of my employees come back? What if, um, you know, what if I'm not able to open my doors again? I'm okay with that. It sounds really, it sounds really crazy, but honestly, we, we are, we're humans. We're able to adapt and survive just about anything. And this is not going to, this isn't going to be the end all be all. I mean, in 20, in 10 years, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be talking about how crazy people were about, you know, hoarding toilet paper, you know, we're going to talk about that. And it's I a think great time for good memes, though, I have found. <laughs> I have never laughed so much in my life, I think, just looking at the memes. It's, it's fabulous. People are well, coming together online more than they ever have. They have, yeah. And I think, too, like, I'm, I'm pretty honest about, I'm pretty honest about stuff. Like, I can't hide anything. I have a really bad poker face, and I'm really bad at lying. So um, I am brutally honest about my thoughts and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm brutally honest about my thoughts and, and you know, where, where my life is right now. Um, and I think too, I have treatment. So I have a, um, um, a stem cell treatment. So they're doing a complete stem cell transplant of me, which is like major chemo. It's major, you know, everything. And it's in Mexico and it's supposed to be May 3rd. Um, and this is my thoughts on it. So I'm not going to really know 100% until April 20th, which is, which is kind of crazy. It's cutting it kind of short, yeah. but I have, I have my airline tickets bought. I have my mother, cause my mother-in-law is going to come and like help me out down there. And I have her airline ticket bought and I'm like, you know what? We really have to, we, yes, we're humans. We always want things to go our way always hundred percent all the time. Yes, I get that. But we have to be okay when they don't. So we have to actually be okay in our souls. Like I have to be like, I've been, okay. So this treatment is about $80,000 Canadian. Um, it's already paid. Um, you know, the Puebla clinic in Mexico has my money right now. And do I want treatment? Absolutely. I feel like this is, you know, the cure to MS. I feel like so grateful that this could even be a thing for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm even lucky enough for that, but you have to be okay if it doesn't come through for you. I'm not gonna be devastated. Of course, I'm gonna be upset, but I'm not gonna be devastated. It's not gonna change my life. It's going to be you know, postponed. It, yeah, it's just, it's yeah. gonna be postponed. And mm -hmm. I think that we're all kind of in this thinking that, oh my God, my dreams are crushed. Everything sucks, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no. No, actually, you're going to be okay. Yeah. We might have a few hungry months. You might not be able to buy the things that you want um, when you want them. Oh, heaven forbid you can't. Shit. It's okay. Yeah, we have. Out. <laughs> <laughs> we have I mean, life. We're alive and we're, we're safe um, for the most part. I think that, you know, when I really start, because I do have moments of um, almost kind of panicking where I'm like, oh my God, like things are getting really bad. Like we don't know how long it is. And then if I feel like that, um, I actually try to help people when I do that. 
um, because it makes me actually feel better. Um, and it, it reroutes my mind from panic to actually like, okay, we're all humans. We're all in this together. It's a, we're all fine. We're all going to help each other. You know, you have to, you can't look at everything that you don't have. You have to look at everything that you do have. And adapt, I think. Yeah, absolutely. The world is not going to be the same after this. No. It's not. And yeah, that's, it might be a good thing. It might be, yeah. I'm sure that a lot of things will change in a way that people don't want them to. And I think the more you're trying to go against it, the more it will hurt your mental health. So just yeah. to surrender and say that, that, no, it is what it is. And that's all there is. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing I did. I actually did a talk, um, uh, last month, probably about a month ago, I did a talk, um, in Grand Prairie in the city that I live with about this actual exact thing. Um, so, you know, we're so focused on stuff that can stress us out and hurt us. You know, that's what we're looking at. So, and we're programmed for that. Our survival is based on that because we're always looking out for like, you know, back, you know, thousands of years ago, we were looking at tigers or, you know, like, ah, you know, like stuff that can hurt us. Right. And so we're hardwired to look at negative things that could hurt our survival. Mm. But in the same boat, you know, if, if you buy a red car, you know, how you buy a red car and then all of a sudden everybody has a red car or, you know, all of a sudden, like you buy like a Jeep and everybody now drives a Jeep. Like that, that's what we're looking at. And that's what we're focusing on. That's that needle, right. That we're kind of looking at. And so if we're focusing on all of the negative stuff, that's all we're going to be able to see. We're actually not going to be able to focus on anything else but the negative. And the good news is, is that we can be trained out of that. And so it might seem like kind of like, you know, kind of like this self you know, <laughs> this self-deception kind of a thing, but it actually does work. I had a very long um, presentation about this, actually. I've got like a course at the moment with like a huge module with six or seven lessons just for mindset. And I researched neuroscience. I researched how yes. everything works in the brain. And if we are imagining something, the same things are firing in our brain as if we are living it. It's exactly the Absolutely. same way. So our imagination, our imagination can change our actual life. So absolutely, absolutely. Your mind space is everything. And honestly, so my husband is one of those people that really, really stresses out. So I almost kind of almost feel like I'm too relaxed around him because <laughs> he's always stressed out about something. And literally it lowers your immune system being that stressed out. Like fear, fear is the worst it is worse than COVID. I can tell you that. Like fear oh, is sure. the worst Absolutely. thing. That's why the media is trying to push it so hard to make everyone oh. scared of everything. And yes. And I'm like, don't, don't be afraid. I mean, life, you still have your life. You still have your family. You know, people that I know and love are, they're safe and they're healthy and they're, you know, they're, they're a little stressed out, but they're happy, yeah. you know? And I'm like, look at everything that you do have. When this is all over, you know, we are gonna we are gonna have this whole new period of gratitude and appreciation for people in our lives, for hugs, social events, like restaurants, the whole thing about um, like I know like Julia, you are on it. You're like, okay, we're gonna learn as much as we can, we're gonna do this, this. 
it took me, it took me a couple weeks to get there. It took me a couple weeks to actually start really deep cleaning my house to really start organizing cupboards. It took me probably about two weeks of doing nothing to actually get into that mindset. You know what? <laughs> I wish I would have had two weeks to just chill and not do anything, but I'm the type of personality. If we are on holidays and we stop very difficult for me personally, everyone's different to get back into some kind of rhythm. So I thought I'm going to have to do it now. Oh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be lost forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> I think this is a great note to stop on like this high note. Now, there's one last question I always ask all of my guests. Um, sure. Is there one thing you wish I would have asked you? Anything that I, you want to share? Oh, God. Um, I can't even think of anything right now. You're pretty fun. good. You're a really good host. Like you're just like oh, I didn't do anything. You were just talking. <laughs> I chat. I'm chatty, Kathy. I chat a lot. Move. No, it's great. It's great because that's what it's all about, right? It's it's not this fake hosted. I've I don't have a script for this one because I think we're in such unprecedented times. You can't script this kind of thing. You can't. No. no. But maybe just let everybody know again once things are starting off again because you have great products, you have great training, a great salon. Where can people reach you for all of that? What's the website and social media handles um, and all that? So um, www.blackcatlashes.ca. That's our main website. You can message, message us on there as well. Also, Black Cat Lashes on Instagram, Black Cat Lashes on TikTok, Black Cat Lashes um, on social media, like, so, um, sorry, on social media, on Facebook. Yeah. So we are literally, or even if you're like, holy cow, I just, I need some advice. I just want someone I need to like vent to. Yeah. Let me know. I can chit chat with you. Have all the time on our <laughs> hands, don't we? I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. That was, that was awesome. And I know that, um, a lot of people from all over the world would have gotten so much out of it. And I hope that everyone feels a little bit more upbeat and, and happy and really appreciate what they have in their life, even oh. though they are not allowed to go out right now. So, yeah. Thank you. And that's the only thing, and that's not permanent. So, oh, yeah. Right. Thank we you. We have a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Okay, bye, everybody. Thanks.